I'm kind of ready for this series to end because until you've preached three sermons in a row on anger, you don't realize how angry you get sometimes. The Holy Spirit's kept me on a short leash and you know, my family's kind of aware of what I'm preaching. And so uh, this has been helpful and good. Uh, and I, I think God's really teaching all of us something about anger management. Ephesians chapter 4 is a main scripture that, that I want you to get in your heart today. And I want you to really meditate on this over the week. Be angry and do not sin. I love that because we know that the natural emotions of anger will come. We will get angry again. I'd love to tell you, yeah, follow Jesus and you're never going to get ticked off. That's simply not true. But the scripture says here, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Verse 27, look at that. Give no opportunity to the devil. See, that's why we spent some time on anger this month. Not because anger is the only way. I mean, there's all types of ways we can sin. There's all types of accesses to our hearts. But this is a major strategy of the enemy. And the scripture tells us to not be unaware of the enemy's schemes. And I, I know this, is that the enemy wants to disrupt your family life. He wants to disrupt your relationships. He wants to steal the joy out of the holidays that we're about to enter. And one of his strategies, not the only, but a major strategy is anger. It's a doorway. It's a pathway. It's an entry point. And if we can get ahead of it, if we could begin to, to see that that's a scheme of the enemy, of the enemy who wants to take advantages, advantage of our natural tendencies and our propensity to sin, and he, he wants to take advantage of our weaknesses, if we know that ahead of time, we, get, we can get ahead of things and we can be victorious. Because I know this is that the one who is in you, and that is Jesus Christ, the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So the enemy might have a plan, but we're going to overcome that plan. We are going to overcome that plan. We're going to be victorious. And so I want to give you four directives. And the first one is this, be aware, because that's half the battle. Be aware. You know, one of the reasons why uh, I've, during the series, noticed some of my behavior and some of my actions is because I'm meditating on anger. I'm thinking about anger. I'm praying about, you, uh, about our church and and how anger is manifesting, and then I'm seeing that in my life. So you've made a good decision to be to church today. By being in church today, you've been you're going to be exposed to some scriptures. You're going to hear anointed teaching. You've been in the presence of God, and you are aware of God's plan. You're aware of the enemy's strategy. When you're aware, that's half the battle. So be aware. Be aware of what the enemy wants to do in your life. And I want us to go to Genesis chapter 4. Because Genesis chapter 4, uh, we find in the very first story, the very first murder that happens in the Bible, God is talking to Cain. And we find something really interesting about sin. First of all, it says here, Genesis 4, starting with verse 6, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Again, here's the doorway. Anger was a doorway to murder. And Cain killed his brother Abel. Anger was the pathway. It was the entry point. Remember what the first scripture said. It said, be angry and don't sin. So anger itself is not a sin. It's just the entry point. 
Here it is was for Cain. said, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. This is a word picture that I want you to understand today. This, this is a brilliant insight. Sin is crouching at the entry point into our heart. Sin is looking for an opportunity. Sin is looking for an open door. Sin is looking for a foothold. Sin is looking at some way to get into your heart. Now, before that alarms you and before that scares you, you don't have to be in fear because you're an overcomer. I mean, you've got the power that raised Jesus from the dead that's dwelling in you. You are victorious over sin. You have God's powerful Holy Spirit indwelling you, upon you, and God is for you. But what I want you to know, if you're not aware, if you're not aware that sin wants to pounce upon you, then you're not going to be walking in the Holy Spirit's power as you should. And we see from the scripture here that from the beginning, all the way back in Genesis chapter 4, God warned Cain that sin is crouching at the door. God's warning you about that today. Sin's crouching at the door. You don't have to be scared about that. You don't have to be fearful about that, but you have to be dependent upon God, dependent upon his spirit. And so as we kind of approach this holiday season, you know, it's, it's a time often that sin can, can, can get into our life because we get time off and we don't have to go to work or for our students. We don't have to go to school. We start thinking, hey, this is my time. This is my vacation. And, it, and often, you know, I have to really battle because my rhythm changes. And if I'm not careful, I'll go three or four days without really getting to the word or, or having, having real prayer. Why? Because it's a holiday. It's my time. But sin is crouching at the door. Sin is crouching at the door. And anger is an entry point. And God wants, excuse me, the enemy wants to use anger to disrupt things. But we're aware of that. And we're aware of that. And we're looking for that. And we, we, have, we have a spiritual mindset. As we talked about in last week, Romans 12 too. We're renewing our mind into the things God wants us to think of. And so we're aware. But here's the second thing. Be current. Be aware, but be current. Because when it comes to anger, one of the reasons why we have such problem with anger is we let stuff stay around way too long. There's always this, this kind of lingering anger that we, we think we can ignore. We think we can bury. We think we can put it away, but it just kind of simmers. And when we least suspect it, suspect it, it boils over and it just begins to ruin and affect everything around us. In, in recent months, we got a new stove and you know, when we were picking the stove out, it had the four different burners, but there was something that Beth really wanted called a warmer. You push a button, and it warms things. That would be a good description of that, wouldn't it? <laughs> so it doesn't have the intense heat. It doesn't have the intense heat, but it, but it has a really light grade of heat to, to keep something fresh, or keep something warm. And what I've noticed though you put something in that warmer and you ignore it long enough and it, the heat becomes just as destructive as a high heat. You walk away for a couple hours and the food is ruined and the, the pan is burned. That is often how it is with 
our unresolved anger. We think, That's not, I'm not real mad about this. I'm not real bitter. I'm not real anger, but it's simmering. The, the heat seems light, but over a long period of time, it's really, really destructive. That's why we have to be current. Take care of things now while we can. When I was in my 20s, I was on staff at a church, and there was another staff member uh, close to me in age, and we got in this huge fight over something completely insignificant and stupid. The reason I know it was insignificant and stupid is because I don't remember what we got in a fight about. But we were both guys, we were macho, and somehow we kind of bowed up to each other and we're in each other's face kind of deal, and it was just really awkward and weird, and, and it was certainly certainly not appropriate for pastors nor any grown-ups. So I started feeling kind of bad about it, and the, later on that afternoon, he was about to take a, drive a group of, of children to camp. He, he wasn't a children's pastor, in case some of you are trying to figure out who this is, but he was a driver uh, driving the kids to camp. And the kids were loaded in this van, and the Holy Spirit started convicting me. And so I thought, man, I need to, you know, I need to go say something because they're traveling, and this, this just isn't good. We need to take care of this business. So I knocked on the window. He rolls down the window, and I said, hey, sorry about what happened earlier today. And I'm really sorry, and that shouldn't have happened. And he said, it's cool. So I think, it's cool, right? The thing's over. Nine months later, nine months later, my pastor calls a meeting with him and me and the three of us. And I'm wondering, what, what is this all about? And he gets emotional, the, the person that I'd been in a fight with, and he, he begins to explain to me how he had been bitter at me for nine months. I thought everything was cool. He said, it's cool. So I, I, I thought things were over. This is how it happens sometimes. You know, I have a problem. Let's say, let's say I have a problem with Dave, and I go up to Dave and I said, Dave, I've been bitter at you for two years. Let me unload this off of you and get this burden. Well, I got rid of a burden. Now Dave has a burden because <laughs> I've been ticked at him all these, all, all these weeks and months. And, and I couldn't believe it, and there was no... He, he was expecting this to be a big issue. I hadn't thought of it in nine months. It was, it was a really funny conversation. And so now we're, we're, to this day, we're very good friends. The Lord worked all that out. But the point is, we've got to be current. I mean, this is a really simple equation. Here's a very simple equation. Either deal with it or let it go. That's what you have to do with anger. You've got to either deal with it or let it go. If you let it simmer, even if it seems like a low-grade heat, even if it seems like it's not going to affect anyone, if you let it go on and on and on, it's extremely damaging. And Satan wants to use that for you to stay in bitterness and hurt and anger. And God's wanting to move you forward. Here's the third directive, because they're kind of connected. Be proactive. Be proactive. You get on the solution side. You initiate helpful conversations. You ask questions to try to clear the air relationally. It's important that we get proactive and we do what, what's up to us to make things right. You know, we're always waiting for someone else to initiate the conversation. We're always waiting for someone else to reach out. No, listen, if you're aware that there's something between you and a friend, you and a family member, then that awareness means you're responsible. Don't just wish, don't just hope, 
Don't just um, think, well, they should be the one to try to make things right. No, you are a son and daughter of God. And we found out in Matthew chapter five, that means you're a peacemaker. You bring peace wherever you go. Be proactive. Get involved. Do what it takes to reach out to that person. That's why we go back to Ephesians 4, verse 26, the text we read earlier. But now I want us to look from a new angle. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. That phrase, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's really hard to do in middle Tennessee when daylight savings changes. (laughs) And it gets dark at 4.30. So some of us, and and I've heard of some people who, who take this literally and they, man, they won't go to sleep unless, unless everything relationally is fixed. And I guess that's a good thing. I know when Beth and I, we've gotten a spat or two in our 14 years of marriage. And there's been times where us just going to bed and getting refreshed and dealing with it tomorrow is probably the most helpful thing we did. So I, don't, I think that this, this is talking about a heart here. The heart is be proactive. Don't let things go on and on and on. Do what you must to fix things. Do what you must to, to, try, to try to make the relationship better. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. You know, one of, one of the things that I've had to learn is relationship is an art. Relationship is an art. And so I'm a fixer. So I have this great capacity to say kind of insensitive, hurtful, aggressive things. And my wife, who is a professional actress, she, she got training, but her acting skills totally leave when I hurt her feelings. So I'll see this look of hurt on her face. And then I'm like, all right, let me fix it right now. Like I can in one sentence damage and the next sentence I'm trying to fix it. So I've had to learn there's an art that I've got to give her space. And as we were talking about this between service, she said, Aaron, you need to tell them the reason you've got to give me space is because I'm angry. <laughs> and she's trying to manage her anger. So, so, so there is this, this sense, sense of art that, yeah, we've got to keep things current. And we have to be proactive. But at the same time, this is all about relationship. And Jesus spoke to, to a people. He spoke to a people who were really into religion. And, and they were in the religion of Judaism. And that religion has some very important rules of certain days that you bring certain kinds of sacrifices and you give certain amounts of offering. And it's the basis of Christianity. So... As he was teaching them, we go to Matthew chapter 5 because he, he takes the law of relationship much higher than the law of religious observation. And he says in Matthew five twenty three, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Jesus, he, he takes the law of love higher than the law of religion. He takes the law of relationship higher than the religious observation. And the heart is be proactive. 
You know, don't, don't just get so caught up in religion that you forget the relationships around you. Because the only thing we have in eternity is our love for God and our love for people. I mean, this is it. This is all we have, guys, is each other. Our relationships are the things that are going to last into eternity. So if you, if you ruin a friendship for a little more money, that money, that money won't last. But, but you've given up on something that could have been eternal through Jesus. When you get a title, a title at your job or a title at your school, you know, and you do that and you squash relationships in the process, then, then you've given up what is eternal for that which is temporary. See, we got to realize, man, these, these relationships matter. In the end, that's all we have. That's, that's all, all that we have in the end is our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And so it is that, so it is that we have to choose sometimes that we would rather be wrong and keep a friendship than win the argument and damage a relationship. We talked about that two weeks ago in more depth. Our relationships are most important. So be aware. Be aware of what the enemy wants to do. Be current. Don't let anger simmer. Either deal with it or let it go. Be proactive. The heart that Jesus said when he taught, even if you have to leave your religious observance to go and, 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 and make things right with someone, do that. But here's the last thing that I want to talk to you about is be connected. Be connected. And that connection goes to something very specific. Actually, it goes to someone very specific. Be connected to God. Be connected to Jesus and his Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit of God that's working among us. In John chapter 15, we find out that Jesus said himself, he said, unless you abide in me, you won't bear fruit. But abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Stay connected to someone. Stay connected to him. Stay connected to his presence. Because a lot of times what we're doing is we're always operating out of our natural reaction, which is typically anger. And we have a natural reaction, a natural emotion, a natural attitude. But when we realize that we're connected and we're connected to the activity of the Holy Spirit in our life, then we move out of just the natural and we start reacting in the supernatural. His power working in us, being filled with His Spirit, walking in the Holy Spirit's power, not reacting the way our tendency demands, but acting the way the Spirit leads. Be connected to Him. That's why the scripture I want to end on today, and it's a scripture that I want you to get in your heart and spirit, comes from 1 Timothy 2.8. And Paul is giving some advice to Timothy, to another pastor. And he says, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger, are quarreling. What a great scripture this is. You know, I, I want you this week, both the Ephesians 4 scripture and the 1 Timothy 2, 8 scripture, I want you this week to meditate on these. Maybe write them down somewhere. Put them as a screensaver in your computer, whatever the case is. Think about God's desire for you. Think about God's heart for you. This, this scripture says, I desire that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. 
I don't know if you've been in this situation before. I know I have. Where on the way to a Sunday service or on the way to a Wednesday night service that I've gotten angry or I've gotten in a fight with someone. And I come into corporate worship and the presence of God is there and people are there. And it just takes me, it takes me a, a little bit. Sometimes it's 30 seconds. Sometimes maybe I don't ever get there to just get reconnected with his presence, just to work through the emotions of that. And there's something about that that, that we know from the book of James. We, we, we study this scripture in the, in the sermon series that man's anger doesn't bring about the righteousness of God. So there's something disruptive about that. And we kind of work through that and get back focused on his presence. Wouldn't it be better if it was the other way around? Instead of reacting in anger and that disrupting our worship, if we start off connected with God, walking in the Holy Spirit's power, being filled with his spirit, then we are going to react supernaturally and not sin in our anger and to do it the opposite way. We realize that we're getting ahead of it, aware of the enemy's schemes, aware of what's happening we're going to be proactive and we're going to connect with God so that we're walking in the Holy Spirit's power and we're not victimized by anger or any other sin. That's what God's heart is for you. And that's what God wants for you. I want us to put 1 Timothy 2.8 and keep it back up, keep it up there for a second because I, I believe that God wants to do a work in you today. I think he wants you to know that, that spiritually, your anger and your ability to manage your anger is connected to his presence. Sure, we do some behavior modification and we do some choices. And, and there's some things that we do that, that will, will practically help us. But those type of techniques always fall short. Unless we have his presence, there's no true transformation from the heart. Unless we're connected to him. And the idea of, I'm going to be before God. And I'm going to be walking in the Holy Spirit's power. And I'm going to be connected to Jesus. And I'm going to be walking in his spirit so that I can lift up my right hand and lift up my left hand without anger and without quarreling. And I can be just free between me and Jesus. I want to invite you to stand with me at this time. And usually when I do this, everyone starts scooping up their stuff like you're about to make a quick getaway. But come on. We're not going to quite do that because, because I want to minister to you right now and then we're going to actually, in a few minutes, be seated again and take communion. So I want you to settle, keep your heart settled right now because I believe God wants to do a, a very particular work in you right now. A very particular work. Because uh, we've talked about our habits and kind of recognize like we're this community of angry people. Like, okay, we all get angry. So we got that part down. And then we, we've recognized that there are some specific things that we can do, and we, we could have even unfolded that even more. Like something as practical as, as getting a regular sleep rhythm. You know, that'll help some of you in your anger issues. Maybe some of you need to hear that today. Just sleeping well will help you with your anger issues. That's all the practical stuff, and those are things we need to look at. But there's something else. There's something else. There's a spiritual dynamic. There's a spiritual dynamic that God can fill in the spaces that only he can fill. He can fill in the spaces. And I believe, I believe that God wants to do a supernatural work in this place right now. 
I know that. I believe that God wants to move in such a way to change the trajectory of your life, to change the trajectory of your attitudes. And he's saying that I'm going to come right now and I'm going to come and I want to do something that human human beings cannot do themselves that only I can do. Would you close your eyes? I want you to pray with me for a little bit. And I want you to get, get focused, focused, focused for, for just a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, you're good to be praised. As you're getting your heart still. First of all, I want, I want, you, I want, I want, to, I want you to be aware of your right hand right now. Just be aware of your right hand. And that right hand's gonna gonna represent some anger that might be in your life. Anger towards somebody else. Anger anger towards a spouse. Anger towards a child. Anger towards parents. Anger towards a boss. For some of you, as you're aware of your right hand right now, that anger might even be directed towards God. I know most of the anger we've talked about in the series has been relational anger between one another, but it's very, very possible to be angry at God. People in the Bible were angry at God because things haven't turned out the way you want them to, to your own imagination. I want you to, I want, I want you to think about, as you're aware of your right hand right now, I want you to think about any anger, and God's going to begin to show you if you're angry about anything. Now, as you're aware of your left hand right now, uh, your left hand's going to represent today quarreling. Quarreling means fights, disagreements, feuds. <laughs> Some of us, we have family feuds that have gone on for years and years and years, and there's quarreling, and there's quarreling among, among um, different friend networks. There's quarreling, and, and the Lord wanting you to know that, that he's called you to be a person of peace. Quit trying. Quit trying to blame others for the quarreling. You have a responsibility. You've been part of the quarreling too. And God says the only thing you can change is your attitude. The only thing you can change is your behavior. So in your left hand is quarreling. Think about what that situation is. Think about what that situation is. So as we've been talking now, I asked you to close your eyes, but now I'm gonna ask you to open your eyes because I forgot to talk to you about something and then we'll go back. And this is it. I believe that the Lord wants us in just a couple of minutes. I'm gonna ask ask you to lift up your hands and do exactly what First Timothy has asked us to do. It says to lift up our hands without anger and without quarreling. Our right hand's gonna represent anger and our left hand's gonna represent quarreling. Now, when I talk about this, lifting our hands, I like for me, this is a really easy thing for me to do because I grew up in a church where we lifted our hands and I've noticed even for me sometimes, like, I'm walking into service and I'm kind of real casual, like, hallelujah, this is good. I mean, it's no big deal for me to lift my hands. For some of you, this is kind of a big deal. So the reason I want you to see me is because I want to show you a little technique and you're cool with this. Like, instead of doing this and this, you can do this and this. You with me? You see this, huh? Palms up, all right? And so, no, you don't, you don't have to do like this and all this. And, you know, just, just kind of do this and kind of do that. And here's what I really know the Lord wants to do today because he did it in the first service. We had a powerful time. This is not manipulation. This is not affirmation. I'm not trying to get affirmation for my sermon and wanting to see your hands in the air. This is a biblical directive. Put First Timothy 
Uh, put that scripture back up for me. This is something that the Lord says, and I believe this is a point of faith. In the Bible, sometimes God asks people to do something physically to initiate something spiritually. I'm thinking of Naaman today. Naaman needed healing from leprosy, and God said through the prophet, go down to the river, the muddy river, and dip yourself seven times. And he had to do something physically to initiate something spiritually. We see the scripture today. It says, I desire that in every place the men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or without quarreling. So here in a moment, we're going to go back and we're going to initiate prayer again. And we're going to initiate prayer and we're going to go for it. We're going to believe that at the right moment, God's going to do something supernatural. And anger that has bound you is going to be released. Quarreling that has defined you and some of the environments you, you are in. Uh, by faith, today something's going to change in that. And we're going to believe that by faith that something's going to change. Now, I, I, one other just kind of point of instruction, just something I thought the Lord wanted to do. I know sometimes when we're with like close friends, like we have our kids sitting on the same row or we have our spouse there and we think they need to hear the sermon, we like close our eyes, but then we kind of look real quick, you know, to see, are they getting this, Lord? I hope they're lifting their hands. Hey, I know that trick, all right? Here in a second, when we close our eyes, I'm gonna ask us to be highly personal and I'm gonna ask everyone to close their eyes for that. And we're not gonna do this long. We're not gonna do this long, but we're gonna do it by faith because, because when you lift that right hand and then you lift that that left hand, we're going to get in step with what the scripture says. We're going to lift holy hands without anger or quarreling. And we're going to say, God, we're shaking off the anger. We're shaking off the quarreling. We're shaking off the strife. We have exposed the enemy's strategy and we are going to receive your love and we're going to receive your power. And while both hands are up, go ahead and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you because he wants to fill you. The Holy Spirit who is in you says, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be filled with sin. Don't be filled with attitude. Don't be filled with discord. Don't be filled with anger. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Would you close your eyes with me? Would you close your eyes with me in your right hand? Your right hand represents anger that has bound you, anger that has stopped you, anger that has embittered you, anger that has disrupted things. The Lord says to lift that up right now and give that to me. Lift up that hand of anger. And your left hand represents quarreling. Quarreling, it means that there's atmospheres around you where there's strife, where there's contention, where there's just uh, this all kinds of disruptive things. But the Lord's going to bring peace there. Lift up your left hand. Father, we lift up our right. We lift up our left. Lord, we do what your scripture has said. We lift up holy hands without anger without quarreling. And Father, I pray that in the supernatural, you begin to release victory in these areas. Father, we can only do so much. We can only do so much. We need your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Begin to ask the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your power, God. We receive everything you have for us. We want you and and more of you and less of us. More of your power, more of your authority, more of your love, God, and less of my opinion, less of my attitude, less of my anger. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. No more anger, no more quarreling. We believe by faith from this day forward, things will be different for us. Things will be different for our family. Things will be different for the environment around us. And we believe it in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. You can put your hands down. And if you agree that the Lord is going to do that, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. We agree by faith. Yeah, let's, let's thank the Lord. We praise you, God.
We bless you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We bless you for what you're going to do. Well, in the attitude of, of prayer, I want you to go ahead and find your seat. And I want to ask our ushers to begin to position themselves. And I, I just feel that, that we have dealt with this issue now. And by, by the Spirit, I'm going to encourage you to meditate especially on Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, on 1 Timothy 4, 12. And I'm just excited. I'm excited that by, by faith, we're different. We're different than we were before. That, that we have a new attitude being renewed by the power of his spirit, being renewed by the power of his presence. We are living sacrifices. We're living life as worship to the Lord. We're choosing our words and attitude wisely and we're worshiping God that way. Now we have a beautiful opportunity. We have a beautiful opportunity to take the Lord's Supper.